are listening to the podcast of the White Church at the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share his love. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. All right. Thank you, Sherry. Well, the first thing I want you to hear me say this morning, and I say this in just a joyful way, not heavy-handed, is that today is really not about the Y Church. That's the first thing I'd like you to hear. We are not here to celebrate any human accomplishment, but to give praise and honor to the Lord for who he is and what he has done. Psalm 66 has this great invitation. It says, come and see what God has done. Come and see what God has done. And that's what we're here to do today, to come and gather at the cross, to come and be under the teaching of God's word, And today, to see that out of his grace, that for some reason, 10 years ago, he called this church community into existence, and that he is at work in us according to his good purposes for 10 years and counting. So come and see. That's what we want to do today. And so today, we ask that question as we begin the message. What is one way that you have grown closer to God over the past 10 years? And you might need a little help remembering what happened 10 years ago and where we were at in life. So here are a few of the key events from 2010 that I thought could help us remember where we started. We were less than a year out in 2010 from underneath the Great Recession. And so things like financial crisis and unemployment, the housing market, foreclosures that were still very much part of our reality when the Y Church was founded. And a more upbeat story would be, I'm sure you'll remember, there were 33 Chilean miners who were trapped underground for 69 days, and they were all safely rescued. And I remember clearly watching that on TV. They say a billion people worldwide watched their safe rescue. In the world of technology, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, was the person of the year. And 2010 was the year that the iPad was introduced for the very first time. Isn't that crazy? We run our whole sound system just with a little iPad. In music, he was on SNL last night. I didn't watch it, but I saw that he was in the lineup. Bieber mania was taking off in 2010. And the song of the year was TikTok by Kesha. Do you remember that one? Maybe you don't want to raise your hand if you remember that one. Now, I have learned something about living in Elk River, and that is I should probably mention the Country Music Awards, because that will resonate a little bit more. So the big bands and the winners at the CMA were Lady Antebellum, Sugarland, Miranda Lambert, and Blake Shelton. Isn't that a blast from the past? They were a couple still back then. One final reference point, this one especially for the kids, the best animated movie of the year in 2010 was this one, Toy Story 3. 
And then it was nine long years before last year they released the next one, Toy Story 4. So it's snowing today. We're in this little snow globe today. If you need a movie to watch, I would recommend a Toy Story movie. Well, if you think about the Toy Story movies, you know, seasons come and go. It's, it's really what these movies have been about. And seasons come and go in, in our life, too. We find, as we think back ten years, there is little of this life that lasts. But one thing that doesn't change is the steady call of God on your life. That was happening ten years ago. God was speaking into your life and calling to you, and he is doing it still today. An invitation to come closer to him, to learn from his ways, to grow in your relationship with him. All these other things are changing and shifting. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so, as has been our pattern, we're going to study God's word for a bit this morning reflecting on the past 10 years and finding direction for the next 10 that are before us. We started this year with a message series that we've called 2020 Vision. I've said it before, I'm just reminding us, we did come up with that before Oprah decided to use that as her tour title. But 2020 Vision is a series that we have been on all about building. We've been in the Old Testament books of Ezra and Nehemiah that are all about building. They're about physical building of uh, the temple and the city walls around Jerusalem. But what was even more important as we started this year is we've said God was spiritually rebuilding his people. Because at that time, their lives kind of looked like broken down buildings. Things were kind of a mess. And they were doing life without God. But he's calling to them. And Ezra and Nehemiah, he's calling to them and telling them to rebuild. And that's been our focus, is using this idea of building as a metaphor for the work that God is doing in his people, that he's doing in us. So today we jump out of Ezra and Nehemiah for one Sunday, for this special Sunday, but we don't leave behind our focus on building. I wanted to take us on our 10th birthday to Ephesians chapter 2, where we have this beautiful picture of how God is building his people, how he's building his church That he is still building in us. He's still calling. And this seemed like a great passage for our 10th birthday celebration. So a little bit of work in the text. And then we're going to share some stories and find some application in this. In the context of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church in the city of Ephesus. Which if you looked on a map today, you would find in modern day Turkey. And in these years of the early church, we have two different groups of people who are being brought together into the church. The first group were Jewish followers of Christ, and the second group, increasingly as the message was going out across the world, were what they called Gentiles. And from a Jewish perspective, that was anybody who wasn't Jewish. The trick was that these two groups did not really have a strong past of hanging out together. There was not a lot of affinity there until Jesus came and he opens up the way of forgiveness to all people who would believe in him and receive it. So the people of God in the New Testament, we have this shift going. They're no longer just ethnic Israel, but it is this global, international family of the church. And they're trying to figure out how to do life together. Doesn't that sound familiar? 
in a family or in a church family. To describe the church then to the Ephesians, Paul picks three metaphors, three word pictures to describe the church. Building is the third one and the most extensive, and that's where we're going to land in a minute. But don't miss the other two along the way. They are kingdom and family. Kingdom and family. Now Paul is addressing here specifically the Gentile, non-Jewish Christians. And this is what he says. We'll put it up on the wall for us to read. In verse 19 he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens of God's people and also members of his household. And so you see, we put them in yellow, both of those pictures present here. You are a full-fledged citizen in God's kingdom. And you're a member of his family. And what powerful truths those are. That is why the church continues to grow even today in some of the darkest and most difficult places on the planet. Lately in the news, we've been hearing about the persecution of followers of Jesus in Nigeria especially northern Nigeria. And in the most recent abduction, a Nigerian pastor was taken and eventually executed by his captors. But in the week just before that, there was a hostage video that was released. Pastor Endimi was his name. As he was in this hostage video, he didn't show any signs of desperation, but he looked right into the camera. And then because this was broadcast everywhere, he is saying to the world... I believe that Jesus is still alive and will make all arrangements. I have never been discouraged because all conditions that one finds himself in is in the hands of God. He's a citizen of another kingdom. He's a member of God's family. And these truths have always been at the heart of the gospel. And once you know them, just like Pastor Endymi did, then nothing can take that away from you. Verse 20 then brings us to the third and final metaphor, our primary focus for today. And the picture, as we said, is a picture of building. And listen to how Paul describes it here in verse 20. He says, You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Now, whether you're dealing with building 2,000 years ago in the first century or building something today, the principles around building and a solid foundation have always been the same. And so we know intuitively you can't mess with a foundation or you will compromise or collapse the entire structure upon that is resting on it. And the foundation of the church, it says, is the apostles and prophets. Now, the foundation, in other words, then, is what they taught and what they wrote, which is now contained in Scripture. And so, in other words, we would say the foundation of the church is this. It's the Bible. And you can't change it or add to it or subtract from it or modify it unless you would do so at your own peril. The foundation is set and the foundation is vitally important for us. Now, if you don't know much about the Bible... I want to tell you this morning, as we have reiterated across 10 years, that you are in the right place. There are no Bible know-it-alls here. We don't make any assumptions, and we just come together Sunday after Sunday, and we invite each other to open up these pages and learn right where you're at in life. 
And what we discover is that God meets us here in this book. He really does. You'll get to know him here and you'll see things happening in your life as you're building upon this foundation. And so that's why this year we're doing something called Project 51. It is an easy Bible reading plan because we know Bible reading can be intimidating. So we wanted to find a really approachable way to do it. It's 10 minutes a day and across this year we're going to read the New Testament and the Psalms. And you can find the links on our social media. We have hard copies at the connections table for free. You can pick that up on your way out. The Bible has always been the foundation of the church because this is where we find out who God is and what he has done. He wrote this book for us. So we say, come and see. The second thing in verse 20, the second thing in yellow there, is the cornerstone. And the cornerstone, I want you to picture the cornerstone is like the foundation of the foundation. Does that make sense? It sets the line for the whole building. And so if the cornerstone is off, the foundation is off, the whole building is off. But if the cornerstone sits true, then everything else will come into place. Now we know that they would have been really familiar with massive cornerstones. Sometimes today we have like show cornerstones on display. They would have been familiar with huge cornerstones. There was one excavated from the southern wall of the temple in Jerusalem. You know how big it was? Let me show you a picture. It was bigger than a school bus. They dug it out of the ground. It was over 38 feet long. That was the cornerstone. And so that's the picture the Ephesians have in mind. And so you've got the foundation of God's word, and then you have the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. And then the rest of the building, the rest of the work in our life rises up from there. And as I read these next two verses, I want you to look at how this building is described. Because, you know, a lot of times we're thinking construction supplies and it's just some cold building site, especially this time of year. But the building that's described here is living and growing. And so we read about it in verse 21. It says, In him, that's in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, I want you to hear this personally this morning, in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. All right, we got to put ourselves in their shoes just for a second. Because for nearly a thousand years, the focal point of Israel's identity had been the temple. That was this majestic place where God symbolically dwelled with his people. But do you see what's happening in the New Testament? Do you see this shift that's happening? The people of God is now the global church. Scripture is saying God doesn't live in a temple that's built by human hands. He doesn't live just for Israel, but he lives in his people by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. And I love the verbs, and you can kind of see them pop off the page. The verbs that are used show a sense of continuous growth and ongoing activity. That the building is still under construction. So if your life feels a little bit like a construction zone... Like you're a work in progress, then you're in good company. You are in good company. This building of people called the church is a work in progress. And so, you know, there is no perfect church on the planet. 
the Y Church included. There's no perfect church on the planet, so we can stop searching for one. I heard somebody once say, the problem with the church is all the people. Sorry to break it to you. But it's true. And I'm one of them. And you're stuck with me. And we know that God is growing and building us up together in time by his grace for 10 years now and counting at the Y Church. As we look back at our beginnings today, we remember, and this is the spirit of telling just a little bit of this story, we remember how God so graciously planted this church and has sustained us from our very earliest years. In 2008, I graduated from seminary in Los Angeles, in California, and I came to Elk River. That was maybe the first thing we should wonder about as we look outside today. (laughs) But came to Elk River to a church called Central Lutheran that had posted a position for church planting. Now, why would an existing church want to start another church, especially one that is just two miles away? Central's on School Street. Why would they do that? It's a good question to ask, and there's a very simple and straightforward answer. They did it because church planting is one of the most effective ways to share Jesus with people who don't know him yet. Does that make sense? I mean, that was what they knew. Central knew that there were people who, for one reason or another, were not going to walk through the doors of a traditional church building. So they wanted to plant an independent church to share the gospel in some other place. And that some other place was the Elk River YMCA. It had just been built in 2008. And so we knocked on the door in 2009 and asked about doing a Sunday morning Alpha course here at the Y. Alpha is this relational class and small group environment where you get to learn about the basics of the Christian faith. And so we thought, you know, that sounds like a great way to pave the way for a church plant at the Y. So we did Alpha here in the community room in the fall of 2009. And we served breakfast And that is why to this day we have breakfast on Sunday mornings. We thought, well, that's a pretty good deal. Let's keep doing that. And then we started to think about a worship service after that. And I'll never forget in the community room the first info meeting that we had about a possible church plant in the Y. There were 12 of us in attendance. And we didn't know much. I certainly didn't know much. But we felt like God had called us to this place. And so we closed our meeting in prayer and we committed our plans to the Lord. As for the YMCA side of this, the Elk River Y was pretty new. And the idea of renting space to a church was also pretty new. In fact, there wasn't really a template for it anywhere in the Twin Cities YMCA. But the Y decided to give it a try and we signed a simple rental agreement to use the community room on Sunday mornings for worship. $45 a Sunday. That was the beginning of the partnership that we have enjoyed now for 10 years. When we started here, there was no grand plan of where we would be in five years or in 10 years. At the time, I had nine-month-old twins. I didn't know what I was doing in 10 minutes. So there was no master plan to this. 
but what we started to discover is that the why wasn't just a place to start. You know, we'll start here and then we'll get enough people and we'll go build our own building. We discovered the why was a place to stay. The church isn't a building. We know that, right? It's the people. And this, the YMCA, is where people are at. It's the hub of life in our community. This is where people come to hang out and to be healthy and to shoot hoops and to find community and to learn how to swim. We looked at the Y's mission statement as we got to know the Y and we'd see these words about putting Christian principles into practice and healthy spirit, mind, and body. As a church, we looked at the wise mission. We said, we love your mission. How can we help you do that and be successful in your mission? And what we discovered along the way is so much more than a facility rental. What we found was relationship. What we found was partnership. That we can serve our community together in ways that we couldn't do by ourselves. And so today, it is very much the heart of the Y Church to want to honor and thank the YMCA that has been our home for 10 years. And so today, we're missing a few because of the snow and further reaches of the metro, but we have folks here who work for the Elk River YMCA. We have board members. We have some who've come from other YMCAs across the Twin Cities, St. Cloud as well. So if that's you, if you work for the Y or you have served on the board, could we just honor you for a moment and have you stand among us? Can we see you? I will make you talk. Just stand quick and we want to see who you are. All right. And as they stand, could I just pray for them? Can we press pause? As a church, we would love to pray for the Y. And uh, let's do that together. Lord, we thank you for those who stand among us today who work in the mission field of the YMCA that you founded 175 years ago. We thank you, Lord, for the great mission of the Y and how you have been carrying this out across the Twin Cities and Minnesota since the 1800s. And as these leaders stand among us today, Lord, we ask that your blessing would rest upon each one of them. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen and equip them for their work of leadership in the YMCA. That you would go before them in their professional lives and in their personal lives and whatever stands before them this year. We thank you, Lord, for these wonderful friends in the YMCA. And we ask that 2020 would be a year of drawing closer to you in each one of their lives. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. And can we applaud them as well as they So, and this isn't in my notes, but I just wanted to acknowledge when we started, the founding executive was here, but not very long. So we had gotten started, and then Molly Hansen, who's with us this morning, came in and inherited this church rental thing in late 2010. And Molly has been such a wonderful partner, our executive director here at the Elk River YMCA. So thank you, Molly. Well, on February 14th, I don't know if it was snowing like it is today, 2010, it was Valentine's Day. That was the Sunday. 
when we had our first worship service here at the Y Church. And, you know, we've never really been focused much on numbers or paid much attention to it. So I don't know how many people were here. It was in the community room. It was maybe 20, 40 people somewhere in there. And we have just found that the Lord has carried us along ever since. Eventually, we moved into half of the gym. And some of you will remember. So this curtain was down. And we moved into this half of the gym. And Kelly Otto hand-stitched a huge white curtain that we could hang from there so we could project words for songs and things like that. And Kelly is with us here too today. Eventually, we had to put the curtain up and move into the whole gym as you see today. Eventually, my office moved to the Y. Just a wonderful gesture on behalf of the Y that we could come and have that space as well. Today, we are now a happy team of five staff members who work for the Y Church. I am so grateful for the godly staff and the leadership team members who have led the Y Church spiritually over these past 10 years. And so, if just one last one really quick. If, if you serve on the staff or have served as a leadership team member. Could we see who you are this morning as well? Could you stand with us? Leadership team, pastor, present, and staff. There they are. And that deserves an applause as well. Thank you. There is much to celebrate today and to be thankful for. We want you to know whether you have been here at the Y Church for all 10 years or for half of it, or you just started coming last week, we are so thankful that you are on mission with us and that you're part of this church family. Thank you for sharing your life with others and for being part of what God is doing at the Y Church. Last year as we approached this date, as a leadership team, we started to think about what is a way we could celebrate? You know, beyond the cake and the balloons We knew we were going to do that and have a little fun, but what would be a way to mark this occasion spiritually? And the Lord led us to an opportunity that now many of you know about. For the 10th birthday of the church, we discerned and decided to plant a church and build a YMCA in India. We've partnered with the India Gospel League and the YMCA of India to build what they call there a life center. And here's a picture of what a life center looks like. It is at the same time, this combo is wonderful, it's at the same time a local church and a YMCA, duly affiliated to the Asia Pacific and World Alliance of YMCAs. And so we said, we were a church plant 10 years ago, and we are going to plant a church now to celebrate. And here's why India is such a strategic place to do this. By 2027, it will surpass China as the world's most populous country. But of the 1.37 billion people in India today, that's four times larger than our own country, by the way, of the 1.37 billion people, only 2.3% know about Jesus. And that's why we want to be part of building the church in India. So construction is set to begin next month. Our life center will be in a village that is hard to pronounce, but we're working on it. We've asked you to commit this to prayer, this village in South India, and the dedication plaque that will rest on the stone of the building will say this, this life center has been donated with love by the Y Church in Elk River, Minnesota. Isn't that cool? 
Here is, though, just one of my favorite parts of this story. When we first discerned this project, we thought we would try and raise the funds now in January and February to start the year. And we even wondered out loud, I remember back in the conference room, our leadership team is meeting and we're thinking, well, what if we don't raise it? You know, we need to make the commitment ahead of time to do it, but what if we can't hit the number? And we weren't worried about it, but the thought crossed our mind. Well, you know, there's this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, a chapter later than what we're reading today, that says that God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. I don't know if you've heard those verses before, but I want to tell you it's true. And I want to tell you what happened in this case. When we announced this project, this is how we're going to celebrate our birthday in 2020, in November. A member couple from the Y Church said, hey, we want to jumpstart the giving at the end of 2019. And so they offered a $3,000 match for anything that was given by the end of December 2019. And so as a leadership team and a staff, we thought, wow, that's great. We can maybe get halfway. You know, we could maybe then get $6,000, get us halfway, and then we'll start the rest in January and February. The, The total project for the Life Center, so the church YMCA building, And also, we decided to dig a well so that the whole community can come and have access to fresh water. The total cost is $12,500. So we thought, we'll get halfway there with this matching gift, and then we can tackle the rest in January and February. Here's what happened. By the end of December, before we even hit 2020, the full $12,500 came in. The Life Center and the well are already fully funded. But not only that, we had planned on supporting the YMCA director slash pastor, it's a two-part job, for the first two years. The YMCA, India Gospel League, allows that. So we thought, yes, let's do the first two years, $100 a month, $2,400. And we thought, okay, we'll get there when that starts. But another couple from the Y Church heard about that and raised their hands and said, hey, we'll cover that. And so that's already covered too. $15,000 in the fundraising was supposed to happen now. And so as we celebrate today, you know, there is really just one opportunity left. And that is to support the team of nine who will be going over in July. A team of nine who will be there for the ribbon cutting and dedication of the Life Center. And the same for the well. They're representing the Y Church. And then providing three days of training for ministry leaders, youth workers, church planters, and pastors. The nine team members have each taken on a significant financial commitment personally to be able to do that and represent the Y Church. And so we just thought... That is one last way to celebrate today. That if you would like to give a gift in honor of the Y Church's 10th birthday, that would be the way to do it, to support the India Mission Team. And you can just mark your gift uh, today in the memo line. You can put 2020 Vision. That's how we've been identifying this project. 2020 Vision. Because God has given us this vision to build His church just as He's building us today. In India, in Elk River, and to the ends of the earth. So as we close the message today, I wonder how you reflect personally 
on these past 10 years. That's where I'd like to finish. What's happened in your own life since 2010? What's happened in your own life since 2010? And where are you going in 2020? We're going to look back and we're going to look forward. And I know those can be complicated questions. I hope as you look back that there are some major highlights that come to your mind. But I also have no doubt, because I have been there alongside you, that there are some difficulties and losses that you remember today that mark these past 10 years. Even now, I know among us in this church family, there are those of us who are facing a lot of uncertainty, sickness, fear, loss. You might just say today, I don't know what the next 10 years will, will bring. Things are shifting and changing. Uh, and we're getting older, even the youngest among us, each of us one day closer to the finish line of this life. And so we ask ourselves today, what is it in my life, in our life, that will last, that will sustain us? What is it actually that we can stand on? And today we've heard about three things. That God's word is our foundation. That Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. And that God is actively at work in each of our lives, building us up, calling us to himself. And my brothers and sisters, that will be our future. Sing about it together. Our cornerstone. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Y Church podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at theychurch.org.